Everyone faces questions and decisions that require insight and answers as we move forward personally, professionally, and corporately in all areas of this thing we call life in America today. Hello, this is Joe Schofield, and I invite you to tune in every Monday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. as we talk together and hear from key leaders of all ages and backgrounds about your questions. Interesting, informative, intuitive, but always encouraging. Tune us in on BBS Radio Network. Join Pastor Joe and co-hosts Ron Greer, Dr. Paul Hall, Stephanie Thayer and Dr. Craig Thayer in Raising Expectations. Well, hi, friends. Thanks for tuning in tonight for this week's version of Raising Expectations. We've got a wonderful program planned for you tonight. And again, we're here to hopefully lift you up and encouraging uh, you and your family and friends in a way that we could probably use. There's a lot of need for encouragement today. So we know the Lord Jesus Christ is our Savior. We know God's always, always working. Love that old saying, no panic in heaven, only plans. A lot of things happening that are showing that even as we speak. So tonight on Raising Expectations, we want to begin as we always do. And uh, sometimes I think we ought to change this. And I think, no, because people still text me and say they really enjoy meeting the people this way. So first of all, I want you to meet the team. Again, I'm Pastor Joe, Joe Schofield, and it's a pleasure to be with you each week. But it's more of a pleasure for me to share my good friends with you that you get to meet now. Coming all the way from Lompoc, California, we have with us Dr. Paul Hall, who is a retired pastor and a theologian, a teacher and a friend to its countless people. And all week long, he theologues. I come up with an idea. I kick it to him. He theologues it back. Right, Paul? That's right. You got it. You got it. <laughs> and it works every time. So, Paul, Paul, love you, man. Good to have you here tonight, Paul. Okay. Good to be here. Good to see you. Also, coming from the West Coast all the way to the East Coast, we have our favorite two givers of health and caring for health. We have the Thayers all the way from Dalton, Georgia. Stephanie Thayer is a health and wellness coach, and uh, she's pretty renowned in the way she puts things up to encourage people each and every day right there in social media. And right next to her is her great encourager, her husband, our good friend, Dr. Craig Thayer, who's a a trauma surgeon. And uh, like we always say, if we get any trauma, we know who to call. And uh, he's such a great source of insight. And the two of them together are, as we often say, I don't want to sound cheesy, but they truly are the dynamic duo. We love seeing them together on what they do. So coming back from uh, Georgia to Central America, the great state of Texas, We have with us, and he's with us on his phone tonight. He has been in special seminars, teaching and working and taking care of family needs. Uh, uh, He is an incredible man of God, a pastor, uh, a brother in the Lord, and we just love Ron Greer from McKinney, Texas. And he found a way through a precarious schedule to be with us tonight. Thanks, brother. Sure good to see you. We've missed your face. Uh, Good to be back, guys. If you were in person, we would have missed all of you, but we only get to see your face. So we just say we missed your face. It's good to see you, man. We really are. So that's the team that makes up your Raising Expectations family. And like we so often say each week, you join together with your family 
talk about different things, meet different people, hear new things that are going on, and have a time where we can see God talk to all of us through each of us in a way that will grow all of us in what he's doing. So tonight we have for you, as you've seen in our social media, we have uh, perhaps one of the greatest doctors, and I say that because... uh, Our doctor right here, Craig, has said, Joe, he is phenomenal, and uh, we take Craig's word on every time he says something because he's so right on. He said, uh, you need to get him back, and we always try to bring back my personal doctor and very good friend. Uh, He's been known in many different places, UCSB, University of California, Santa Barbara. He wrote a couple of key books that people know, Hazing Aging and Rejuvenation. And in the book, uh, Rejuvenation, it's really great. I have to read this one part for you. It says, Rejuvenation, how the capillary cell dance blocks aging while decreasing pain and fatigue. I don't know anybody who doesn't like what that says. So all the way from Ojai, California, which is Southern California, we're glad to have with us tonight Dr. Robert Buckingham. And uh, he's going to share a little bit with us. We were going to have a special guest. We'll let him tell the story because uh, we'll be sharing more later. Dr. Buckingham, who I, I love to call Doc because he's so special, welcome to Raising Expectations. And we welcome you to the program tonight. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's a pleasure. and. I, I just feel right at home with all of you guys. You're spirit-filled. You're Christians. This is a great opportunity to share. Amen. Well, tell us a little bit about what's been happening in your life and uh, a little bit about, yeah. So we're going to all know how to pray. We're going to bring on a whole prayer warrior at the end of the program. <clears throat> praying with Well, if, if you can imagine this, uh, my wife is a very spirit-filled Christian. She has literally been praying without ceasing over the last several days as Ukraine has gone to war with Russia. Um, and I don't mind telling you that I think just about everybody on the planet Earth would have thought that Russia would have just rolled over the Ukraine uh, and would have probably have had some kind of a ceasefire by now on their own terms. But that has been completely changed in the last 72 hours by a group of cunning, heroic uh, individuals, uh, many different types of individuals in that part of the world who are uh, operating in Ukraine. And they've been able to neutralize uh, the mighty Soviet Union march. So um, my wife, uh, who is... uh, actually back there now she's in moldavia or going to moldavia yes tomorrow uh she feels very strong that she has to have some kind of a of of a a presence there to to help and facilitate um whatever she can do to to uh for the for the armed services and the and the people that are involved in the fight there wow that's amazing yep anybody want to share stephanie Oh, I'll just cry. So (laughs) I have been praying like crazy, you know, and I'm waking up because I I know it's seven hours ahead of where I am. So I'm like, is there daybreak? You know, I mean, I'm just constantly you before we went live on the show, um, doctor was talking about just that it is a David and Goliath situation. And so I've been praying very specifically, you know, asking for God's intervention, but it's, um, it's heartbreaking. And also awe-inspiring to see 
what people are capable of and what happens when you come together and you your heart is in it and I I thought you were gonna have your wife on I thought for sure I said good thing good thing that there she's here right before this happened you know I had no idea um that this was going on and what a strong woman you have married that oh. would make a decision to stay there and be with her people. Amen. Surely I can tell you, uh, I, every day that goes by, I just get more and more impressed. I realize this was a hand picked person for me. God blessed me, uh, in a, in a many, many different ways, uh, when all this happened 10 years ago, but that being said, um, there's a lot of darkness uh, that descended over Ukraine over the last three months. When you have 200,000 troops and all types of weaponry and tanks and missiles and planes and, and uh, various types of ammo and ships, uh, and they've circled you. You've, they basically have encircled the entire country. Um, and uh, you're able to withstand it uh, as a young democracy, uh, calling and shouting out to the world, we need help, we need ammo, we're not going to settle, we're not going to, we're not going to surrender. This is absolutely amazing to me. It's amazing. I'm, it's breathtaking. Amen. Exactly. So, Doc, this is Ron. Uh, uh, tell us your wife's background. She is from where? She was uh, born uh, in the Ukraine in 1986. Uh, she was educated in uh, child psychology. Maybe that's why she's attracted to me. I don't know. Uh, but and has a master's degree in child psychology. She uh, has modeled. She uh, has done. She's a makeup artist. Um, she has a, she has a very creative spirit about her. Um, she can do a lot of different things really well. So um, that's kind of what I married, which is essentially the antithesis of me. Now, <laughs> I'm going to tell you something that you all don't know. This is true. So when we fell in love... Uh, and she is very different than I am. I tend to be thinking linearly. I think what's I, I it's a totally different thing. But when we fell in love and she started integrating her soul with mine, some of that essence came into me. And I'm going to tell you straight up, uh, everything that's in that book, Rejuvenation, the theory that came out of that book about how membranes and mitochondria interact and how they combat chronic inflammation within end organ interstitial spaces, how all that came together was part of her essence in me. If that essence wasn't in there, that, that, that didn't, that doesn't happen. I wasn't, wasn't thinking like that. Isn't that the goal though, right? Is that I, there's a, there's a horrible quote that I'm going to use that is, you know, you fall in love with the person because they're very different from you. And then years later, when you're arguing, you're upset that they are very different from you and that they're not in agreement with you. But I think um, that's a beautiful piece of marriage is that we complement each other, right? We 
are different and we are unique, but if it's done well, hopefully we'll both, we'll make each other better versions of ourselves. It's true. It is categorically true. I can tell you, and she'll say the same thing about, about my essence and her. She'll, she'll basically mirror what I'm saying to you about what she's done with me. But I can tell you flat out, if I ever end up in front of Stockholm, in front of the Nobel Committee, if I have to, have to stand up and give a speech, I'm going to just point that young lady out in the crowd and I'm going to say, it was her essence that gave me the gift of being able to figure all this out. Amen. Amen. That's great. Yeah, that's kind of like when we go to surf, like locally, handing out food or whatever, there'll be a group of us where we wear name tags. I just put Steph's husband on it. I didn't even put his name on it. That's true. Amen. 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 Yeah. Amen. Oh, that's great. <laughs> oh. So, so, so it's got to be hard. Yeah. Is, uh, from her perspective in Ukraine, um, you get the impression from news media that they were they're pretty much uh, the sacrificial lamb. Uh, for for the for the great powers, am I misreading that, or what 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 do you what what's your take on what your wife have, what if she told you about it? So the Ukrainians don't hold anyone responsible for what's going on. That's the first thing. This right. is a problem with Russia. They're not blaming Europe. They're not blaming NATO. They would like to be involved with NATO, right. but they also understand that their government has not, let's say, risen to the level of being non-corrupt where right. they have been able to get into NATO. Now, there's also some political maneuvering going on there as well. There are a few Eastern Bloc countries that, yeah. are, that don't like the Ukrainians, so it's going to be hard to get into NATO no matter what. And I'll just say, and I'm not going to pick on, on a couple of them, but I, I know who they are. Sure. Uh, and they happen to be friends with, with Russia as well. Russia. So uh, you've got this, this problem that's going to make it difficult for them. But that's the beauty of the Ukrainians. Mm-hmm. They're, not, they're not blaming anybody for right. what's going on. They're taking the responsibility for this war on themselves. What they are saying to the world is, uh, we need some help. Right. If you have some weapons, if you have uh, some money, if you have some food, if you have some things that we need, we could use any of it. Right. We're, that's a pretty poor country right now. They're just right. a fledgling democracy. They don't have a lot of stuff. So when you're coming, when, 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 a, when an enemy's coming at you with 6,000 tanks and 1,500 planes and uh, a nuclear arsenal and six warships and all sorts of other things, uh, it is a David and Goliath. Right. But what I find interesting is that there's no backing down. They're basically <laughs> saying, this is our land. Yes. We're going we're gonna to fight to the very last man to keep it and woman. And I am so inspired by this whole, whole way of thinking. When, right. when this leader comes on every morning 
uh, and he doesn't know if he's going to be alive or dead. Right. And he comes out and he gives these these this talks to the rest of the world and to his people. It is jaw dropping, inspiring. It's jaw dropping. Mm. Well, but, well, I guess my my other question, uh, I guess what I was, I guess part of part of my thinking is, and that I'm my part of my disgust <laughs> is how how standoffish and how little help. Uh, other countries gave uh, when they knew this was coming. Uh, I guess that's part one of part of my frustration. Uh, but like you, like you said, I mean, you can't help but be impressed and be uh, just just to just uh, encouraged and have your heart filled with the way they've responded. Because as you said, I mean, they're you know, we we've seen situations like this before where countries just bowed down yep. and and said, okay, we can't do anything. But yep. to, to stand there, I mean, and, and it's not just uh, the president, uh, just some of the interviews from, from people on the street. They're just, it's our country. We're going to fight and yeah. do whatever we need to to stand there. It's kind yep. of, that, that reminds me of that 1776 spirit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've heard this more than once. I've heard this whole this whole <laughs> thing more than once. My <laughs> wife has that in, in her in her in her heart right now. She has that same feeling. Ukrainians are coming out of the woodwork from all over the world, and they're going back to the Ukraine to fight for to be part of the resistance. Over ten thousand new recruits a day are coming into the army. Ten thousand plus a day right now. So uh, everybody wants to be a part of this. Uh, Even people who are not Ukrainian, they they feel this, and they want to be a part of it as well. So. Uh, It's amazing to me. Now, here's something that you don't know. Um, The Ukrainians are seeing that a lot of the Russian, at least the first wave or second wave, have been very, very young recruits. These are not seasoned combatants. These are young boys, 18, 19 years of age, uh, who have been manning some of these tanks and some of these artillery. And they have been captured. Some of them have been killed. Some mm. of them have died on the street. And it has been gut-wrenching to many Ukrainians to see these young boys just wow. falling uh, dead. Uh, and again, this is not, they're worried, they're, they're worried the fact that these are young boys who really don't know why they're there. Right. They don't really understand what's going on. And this is, this is another part of the angle. Mm. Uh, there are many Ukrainians who are telling these young boys, put down your arms. Uh, This isn't worth it for you. Uh, They're giving them, they're actually offering them a little money to put down their arms and then just go away. So uh, rather than kill them. So this is a very different type of situation. Uh, This is the first time I've heard about this, but Mm. I have a feeling it's more widespread than we know. Mm. I, I have an interesting observation. Uh, you know, we have two teenage boys at home. And so the way that they take in content is a little bit different than us. And, um, you know, we homeschool. So for the most part, I know what's going on in the house, but they'll come and tell me all kinds of, you know, I learned such and such. They're getting a lot of their stuff from Instagram and TikTok. And they're, they're seeing interactions with the soldiers and they're young. Some of them are saying they don't even know why they're there. 
they were they, they don't know what they're doing they don't know what streets they're on you know and you can hear these young teens back and forth in Russian and so it's really interesting to hear our kids perspective of what's happening and I also um I, I, we were just saying before this started I don't think war will look like it did because we have information so fast and although I have had the same reaction Ron I have said are they just going to sit and let this happen like I cannot handle this you know that it's like somebody better be watching something and shooting it down and they're not telling us because they can't tell us but like i am not okay with this but to see the rallying that has occurred with a lot of these countries i mean i've always said i'm switzerland as a kid i'm switzerland switzerland is doing something like countries that historically would not do things and would not have movement are making steps and i I'm kind of shocked and hopeful that there may be some unifying that may happen out of this. No question. No question. Um, what's interesting is that I think everyone would have thought the refugee problem would be about 6 million by now. Uh, I'm hearing numbers more like 500,000. Uh, the Ukrainians are not leaving. <laughs> How do you take it over? <laughs> you know? <laughs> They're not going for it. <laughs> it's amazing to me, the whole thing. Uh, to get back to your the, the story, uh, the, the quote of the 21st century, in my opinion, comes from President Zelensky. When, they, when someone offered him a way out of Kiev, right. he said, I don't need a ride. I need ammunition. <laughs> I think everybody loves him. Right. I mean, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think it was great. I think it was Sunday night that Trey Graham, I used to like him when he was in Congress. I believe he's from South Carolina. Is that right, guys? Trey Graham? Trey, Trey, uh, Trey Dowdy. Trey Dowdy. Thank you. Wrong one. Graham's from South Carolina. Wrong one. He was mentioning about the moral question of what you all are saying, which I think is so great. And he was taking it back. You know, we ought to remember the Constitution of the United States. We all know the phrase, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. But in the Declaration of Independence, it makes me think of these people. And I see moms and children, like we've seen, Stephanie, that you talked about. And we've seen people in the streets. We've seen them turning over. A restaurant owner even spoke about what he had done. He says, I can't shoot straight, but I can feed the army and I'll feed them till my food runs out. And it showed this guy. And, and yeah. speaking of this, the declaration, we ought to have a moral perspective, which I think the whole world is beginning to grab onto. In the declaration, the pursuit of happiness, let me read this real quickly, is listed with the other unalienable rights of life and liberty. Now, those qualities of existence are states of being. You're either alive or dead, free or enslaved. Governments have something to say about those states and how they should govern their citizens. They are free. It is their country. So they're a sovereign nation. We can't go back to imperial Russia and decide that we're going to go back and redo what the czars had done. This is a sovereign nation with the right to exist and who they are. And I, every time I watch it, they'll show the people in the basements or they'll talk about somebody. It just makes me water up to see the way they're standing together. And they love the United States. I mean, the things that they say, at least at least that's what I've seen. Doc, you probably have an insight on that. But um, like I said before, they're not holding anybody responsible. Yeah. They're very grateful for whatever they get. 
uh, whether it's blankets, food, ammo, uh, uh, assault rifles, uh, stinger uh, stingers, whatever it is, they're grateful. Yes. And uh, I'm going to tell you something. They are an extremely cunning and virile group of, of uh, soldiers. Uh, many of these guys uh, are not soldiers. Many of them are just uh, coming coming in as uh, just off the street. But it's amazing to me. Uh, I don't know if you saw Zelensky today, but he unleashed. He said, "I'm I'm I'm letting all the prisoners come out today, and I'm going <laughs> to let them pick up arms. If anyone can do a good fight, it's those guys in prison." So I, I, this guy is just going all in, all out, every day, every moment. I'm amazed. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, lo I love that they took the street signs off. Yeah. So the person's couldn't figure out what street they're on. Get lost. How smart is that? Yeah. yeah. They, the whole, they don't know where they're going. The you got to love, love Anonymous for cracking uh, their entire internet and playing Ukrainian national anthems and then real, real video from yeah. from the world yeah not the fake video that they're feeding the poor russian people did, did you all get the, the, the today it was on what do you call that again not twitter what was it steph I, my daughter's on all the time TikTok. TikTok. tiktok yeah it's on tiktok that the head of tesla i can't think of his name but Elon they, Musk. yeah tell him what they did stephanie it was awesome this, this tweet is unbelievable so this just tells you how fast technology happens i had saved it um yeah. So this guy is the vice prime minister of Ukraine, okay? He writes, at Elon Musk, while you try to colonize Mars, Russia tries to occupy Ukraine. While your rockets successfully land from space, Russian rockets attack Ukrainian civil people. We ask you to provide Ukraine with Starlink stations and to address sane Russians to stand. So Starlink is his internet system. Less than 10 hours later, he says... Starlink service is now active in Ukraine. More terminals en route. <laughs> By the way, that was that was the turning point. That that was the turning point because they were able to rehook up and they could they could develop some logistics again. They had they could co-communicate. Before that, uh, that was all taken down by Russia. Yeah, and our kids love this. I don't know if you saw this part, but there's a, a group of vagabonds called Anonymous, and they wear this ridiculous kind of clown mask. My right. boys know about it because they're hackers. Well, they're hacking into Russia. They just said this is war, and we are going to hack hack into Ra uh, Russia's stuff, and that's what they've been doing on their TV and all these. And I do I same reaction, Ron. I giggled. I'm like, this is a really good use of hacking. I am yes. very very happy with this. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I what I have what I what I'm getting from all this though is that the world has come to the realization the free world has come to the realization that this is an enemy that is much dangerous than we had ever imagined yes. that this is a sinister situation. And that this process of building up to this moment probably has been going on for 15, 16 years. Yes, and we have been a, kind of asleep at the switch. Yes. Um, and I think everyone is kind of waking up to the awareness that we're in World War III right now. Mm -hmm. That's right. The other thing that I love and it kind of Paul highlighted it and we're talking about all these stories is 
you know, God gives us each very unique gifts and talents. And you're watching people rise up in the, the way that they can, whether that's right there in the neighborhood or across the country, across the world. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. And um, realizing that we are, we are much more connected and, you know, seeing people suffer is not acceptable. Right. Agreed. Yeah. So, so this is, an, I guess, an indirect question to you, Doc. So talking to your wife and, and who she's hopefully talked to that may have info, I mean, what's Putin's exit? Right? I mean, he's such a, he has a blind, blind pride of sin and has been isolated with COVID and now probably doesn't talk to his advisors and anybody else. So he's even more isolated. How does he pull back and save face or, I mean, how does he exit? Has well, he said anything or? Think, I think you have to understand he's a despot. He's a dictator. <laughs> Uh, he's a narcissist. So when you're, when you, you got to be thinking about what was Hitler's exit strategy. Right. Uh, and if Hitler had a, a nuclear button, he would have used it. He yes, probably right. would have used it uh, right. before he killed himself. So I think in my opinion, before, before Putin kills himself, he's going to press the nuke button and then he's going to kill himself. That's how I see the exits going. Mm. By the way, we have a sister-in-law that's Ukrainian, and so we've been chatting. She's here stateside, but much of her family is there, so we've been getting updates as well of their journey, and some of them have traveled, and some of them have stayed. Um, yeah. I just hope that there is somebody in the Russian hierarchy that has enough wherewithal that can take this man out before he presses that button because mm -hmm. you press the nuke button and you have an instant half a million people die just instantly. So uh, my sense is, you know, when he, when he says he's be becoming nuclear prepared and aware um, uh, he's not mincing words there. I think, I think he has the, he has the, he's going to do it. I think he's going to do it, especially if the military stalls out and it looks like he's going to lose. What do you think, Paul? I'm thinking it's a scary prospect that he will, that he, that he, he will do it. You would, you would hope that there would be saner minds, you know, that would intervene, you know, before some stupid thing like that happens. But, um, you know, this has been a real trying time. I think, in the in the broad scheme of things, uh, I, I listened to a newscaster this morning. He was talking about how these young, uh, as, as the doctor was telling us, these young um, Russian troops, they've been sitting in the dirt in uh, Belarus for 10 months. Uh, they've been eating, you know, rations and whatever and whatever. And now they've been to told to cross the line and they don't know why. And the, the thought is, what did they do to us? What 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 warrants this? I've been amazed to see the protests that have broken out in 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 Russia and and around the world. Berlin, if you saw that picture, you know, going all the way down to the Brandenburg Gate, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So I I think it's 
you know, this is much bigger. There, I'd like to key in on something. I, I think another thing that you said, Dr. Buckingham, is the idea of, uh, of how the world is now seeing how evil and corrupt uh, the Russian government is. You know, the, the veil, uh, last Sunday, our Bible study was on the veil being lifted, you know, that in Christ we see the truth. And, and, and the truth is, it's almost like you want to hit yourself in the head going, well, why didn't I see it was in front of me all, all the time? Um, so uh, I, I, I just think I have a question um, because for us in Christ, for those of us in Christ and the veil has been lifted, uh, we, we, see, we see the wretchedness of the human condition at the same time, the glory of the salvation that God affords to Christ Jesus. So Dr. Buckingham, to you and your wife, you know, maybe, you know, you could speak to this. What do you see the Christian, what's the Christian influence in Ukraine right now? Is it is that a good question? I mean, um, I, I know, I don't know, I don't know if you, Ukraine has a state religion or not. I'm not aware of that, but but how are Christ, are Christians linking together? Are you hearing about that? You know, and 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 what are, what's happening there? Well, you probably are aware that there has been a, a especially in the last thirty years uh, since the Ukraine has become a, a country, a huge resurgence of the Russian Orthodox Church. And of course, you probably are also aware that from roughly two thousand fourteen on the church has split into the Ukrainian and the Russian Orthodox. So you've got two different uh, denominations uh, because of the politics. Uh, but the, the people uh, there are, are, uh, have returned uh, to, to God. They have returned to a spiritual awareness. My wife doesn't miss a Sunday of church. Uh, she's there every single Sunday. Uh, she uh, volunteers uh, to, to feed the to feed the poor, to feed the people who need shelter. She's constantly involved, and she's not alone. There are a lot of people who feel the same way. Now, um, that being said, um, there's been a, a very significant resurgence. But as you might well guess, uh, the young people can get distracted. And I think there is some distractions that, you know, you mentioned TikTok, you mentioned some of the other social media. Um, I, I get the sense, though, that as we as we broaden our social sphere uh, through the Internet, uh, some of the stuff that is more traditional in our families, in our churches, uh, in our culture kind of gets lost in the shuffle. And it's not just it's not just Christ and Christian based stuff. It's all cultures are kind of going through this. I mean, if you go to India, uh, you'll see the same, the same lamentation from some of the elder people. You know, the, their kids are all kind of going to TikTok and going to social media, and they're kind of, kind of putting away some of the tradition. So uh, it goes without saying that some of that's also happened in, um, uh, in the Ukraine. I think it's important that our pastors, uh, that are the people that are uh, that are leaders in the church realize uh, and and try to engage some of this social media. I think it's important uh, that they just don't ignore it or they don't pay attention to it because 
it is the, the it is the mechanic of how young people communicate. It is. It's true. So just for me, this is not uh, about the the war that's going on, but my boys love they are. You can hashtag Christian TikTok. And there is a past one specific pastor they love. And it's like minute, minute, 30 seconds. And that's their favorite guy, period. And it's somebody on staff, you know, snipping his sermon. And that's okay, because they run in and talk to me about it. So meet up where they're at. Yeah, that's it. But just think what you just said. Uh, TikTok, a minute and 35 seconds. See how much different that is from a church service. Very different. (laughs) I mean, it is night and day different. So um, what I'm saying is, if we're if we're going to be uh, Jude, uh, let's say stewards of our of our faith, and we're going to appeal to uh, to the youth, we have to somehow be able to. Yes, Christ's spirit can pervade and get through anything, but I think we have to somehow find our way through some of the social media. Mm-hmm. That's insightful. I'm writing that down. That's right. That's right. It's funny. What comes to mind is the story about Jonathan and his armor bearer, right? So he he goes against the Philistines and they kill themselves. So that's kind of what we're hoping for. I'm hoping you're right. Hey, listen, you mentioned TikTok. I think your boys are what? Are they teenage? Yes. 14, 15. So my daughter's 32 and her she's her go to is Twitter. So you can see how the generations uh, are different. Do you see how that works? And I'm a Facebook girl. I'm 41. See, so you, you look, yeah. each generation's got a different <laughs> platform. Yeah, that's that's right. still on Paul and I, Paul and I still look at, <laughs> I'm going to tell him on you, Paul. Paul and I still look at tablets. Well, I I really, I I really think the church has got to be part and parcel with this evolution. We have to be, we have to be proactive. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Got to reach all things to all men. Paul said that I might lead one to Christ. Apostle Paul made that clear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's a one of one of the areas in which our ministry is. Uh, has has sort of been focused on is just that very thing. Uh, a lot of criticism early on, uh, but but each one of them social media platform, it's okay. Um, young people aren't uh, taking in information the way the way we traditionally have, and um, unfortunately, over the years, they've been trained to uh, do everything in snippets. There, if you, anything that's long and drawn out. Uh, most cases you're, you're going to lose them if, if you don't capture their attention and spark an interest in a, in a matter of seconds. You got a few. You got a few seconds. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So that that's <laughs> yeah. one of the things that you know. I was one of those resistant ones at, at first myself. You know, I mean, these substance. <laughs> but but get, but when you're when you're involved with young men and young teenagers and uh, the guys I the guys I I mentored are between 21 and 35. And you get to a point and realize after a while, I'm going, well, you know, you can keep thinking about giving long <laughs> information tech, but if they shut you off, you know, what's the point? Uh, so, yeah, I, one of the things that we now do 
make up little memes for TikTok, I mean, not for TikTok, for Twitter and uh, LinkedIn and uh, and Facebook and uh, Instagram. I'll, I've, I got a page on each one of them now. <laughs> uh, but you're right, actually. It's, you know, it's, 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 on one hand, it's a huge disadvantage that they, they, they have shifted that way. And I, again, I, I agree with you also. Uh, social media, I think, is probably the largest, biggest influence in that. It is. Uh, it is. But, but, but be that as it may, all right, then how do we adapt? And, and because it, I, I think the Spirit of God is, is capable of, of speaking and reaching people anywhere. Uh, I, I've seen it over and over again. And so why can't he use this as well? It's just a matter of being being uh, vigilant and watching and Amen. you know figuring out if that makes any sense at all. So I Amen, Amen, brother. Amen. Amen. So here's Amen. my question again is um, going back to Ukraine. Um, so social media there is is playing a, a big role in the communication among people there and inspiration of people. Or, or elaborate on that again for me. Well, so, you know, mentioned TikTok, you mentioned uh, my, my, my daughter's generation, Twitter, uh, uh, some of your generation, Facebook, it's all being used. Um, I get my news on YouTube, my daughter gets her news on Twitter. When I turn on, when I turn on YouTube to watch PBS or something, she's turning it off. I mean, she's just, she's already on her phone on Twitter. So it's kind of like we we're, we're we have to, the communication's just different, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you can imagine if you take an 18-year-old kid who's used to TikTok and you take him to a church service. Yes. Uh, you know, it's going to be hard for that kid to really figure that out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting. Amy Jo said to me today, Dad, and she was on TikTok, Steph, she, and she shared some. She said, in, in what you were saying, Doc, about, and Ron, about the, uh, God can say something quickly. She said, do you know how many people have been moved by this? Dad, did you eat? I said, no, tell me. There was a group, if I get this right, Stephanie, there was a church that was praying in, for the Ukraine, a Ukrainian congregation, maybe it was one or two, all band together to pray. And this one group was praying underground in Ukraine, and a missile hit. And the missile hit, and it never went off. It went smack down into the cement. It's still sitting there in one piece. Yes. It never Is that right, Steph? Maybe you well, I, I've seen that. the missile, and I it's huge, first of all. And I'm like, do they not? I thought they all exploded. Yeah. Um, but yes, yes. And I there's people rallying for prayer. And the other observation I have, my kids are one or the other. So they want the really short or... Now they grew up in church. So that's different than trying to meet someone that's not been churched most of their life. They do not want the light fluffy. They don't want the like, God is joy. They want real topics. They want a longer sermon. They want someone giving them real deal stuff. So it's really interesting. Um, a lot of the seeker churches or, you know, newer believer churches, my boys have zero interest in those sermons. And there's, I think there's a place for all types of churches. But so it's interesting that, I do see some of these younger folks wanting real meat. They want to be in it and they want to go back. They want you to quote the Bible. They want to know that they can find it, that you're not full of garbage. Like, I do think there's, they're starting to go, okay, just because you say it, can we back this up? And I think that's a good thing because this 
gives me a lot of information. How much of it's true? Right. Yeah. Right. Well, well, I, well one, uh, let me correct what I would, uh, I guess, clarify. So part of our, we, we started a research arm for our ministry. It's, um, mm. it, it's a basic lab. It's called uh, Mirror Labs. Uh, and that is to put together uh, significant uh, strategies for churches to reach mm. that younger, younger crowd that's actually leaving the church. So back, part of it's, they want stuff that's, that's quick. They want it uh, specific. But as, as you were saying, the thing we've, we've discovered, they want substance, real stuff. And uh, for instance, if you talk about uh, the, the, the phenomenon of, of the uh, support for Ukraine spreading throughout the world, right? Mm. Well, it's because there's something real, that's something that's significant, and that's something meaningful to them. Yes. Uh, whereas if, if most churches are based on, I don't know, it's, it's make, making people feel comfortable, comfortable where they are, and there's all this ritualism and on and on. And the young people, that, that that's all lost in them. They, they don't want it at all. Uh, I, here's another example. Uh, I have a number, a couple of young men who are, are military and one's a recruiter. Well, he doesn't, he doesn't go around to schools anymore. He doesn't go to, to events trying to get people to hand out information to help people come to his office. He says, Mr. Greer, I sit in my office and I, I'm never without choices of people by guys to enlist and he said why and when that's uh, those numbers are up isn't like right now thing happened in ukraine has nothing to do with american military but in their mind it's significant they can make a difference and there's something different going on so they want to sign up uh during desert Mm -hmm. storm it's the same 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 thing so among those young people they want something that's significant and real and that, that deals with everyday life they're tired of the fluff. They don't. They don't want the, the, the fluff and the, you know, the of the academic stuff. Right? Mm-hmm. How does it impact my life? How does it impact somebody's life? What? What? How does it make a significant difference in the world? Uh, so they're they're much more plugged into that. But now they want it in short sound bites, <laughs> but they want to be inspired. Uh, if you know, do- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, seeker and full. That's that's good. I haven't heard the word seeker for a while. Yeah, seeker church. Yeah. Hey guys, I gotta do something real quick. Then I'm gonna let all of you go ahead and let's share with Doc. Doc, we've gone high tech since we got to see you. We've been following Fox News and PBS and all of those. We we now want everybody to know when it comes to funding this program that uh, we give you a great opportunity. All you have to do is go to this address right here, and there it is, so that you can see it. It's bbsradio.com forward slash raising expectations. bbsradio.com forward slash raising expectations. There's a donation button, a donation tab. It looks just like that. It's yellow. If you hit that button, it'll give you a chance on PayPal to give a donation as God leads in your life or in your heart to help us out and to keep us going. We hope to do some new things this coming year. So that's it. That's high tech. Uh, we'll have drum rolls and jets fly over pretty soon, but that's all we have right now. So anyway, we'll hope you'll you'll tune in and help us uh, by going to that website and helping donate to support this program. It's listener supported. It's all of you that make it happen. All right. We still have uh, and I don't ask for questions because I know you all got that. It was brilliantly giving, and I know you don't understand it now. Yeah, Ron. <laughs> cool. hey, hey, Doc, I, I know that uh, uh, Joe knows your wife's name, 
quick for those who are listening could you tell us your wife's name again and how we can pray for her and the people she's around exactly her name is Catherine. um Catherine buckingham uh you can pray for her lift her up uh lift her lift her up to god uh, give her uh god's blessings and grace and uh clarity uh, she's a pretty powerful prayer person herself, but I know that when we combine in unison and do this, uh, mm-hmm. her power, the power that comes through her prayer even gets greater. So uh, that's that's who it is. Okay. Thank you. Thank you Anybody else? You know, Joe, you're talking about high tech. It just wasn't that long ago that you couldn't pull somebody in Lompoc, somebody in Georgia, somebody in Texas, somebody in Ohio, and somebody in Middle California together right. to speak in such a way that right now they could hear us in Ukraine if they knew how to do it. It's just amazing to me. You know, just it's just it's mind bending. You know, stop thinking about that. I'd like to share. So I, I I saw this blurb on the TV this morning. Uh, when they were talking about Ukraine. And did you see the one where the Russian tank uh, was stopped in the middle of the road? And the Ukrainians stopped and asked them what was wrong. And they said, we're out of gas. And they said, we'd be happy to give you a tow back to Moscow. You know, <laughs> that was just amazing to see that, you know. But even in the midst of all that, you know, it's just amazing. Just amazing. Back to Moscow. But it, 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 it's, a, it's a great example of how we're all human, right? There's a, there's a scene in HBO's Band of Brothers where some of the Germans had been in colleges in the United States. And yes. now they're POWs of, of American troops and they know each other. And uh, yeah, it, I just hope humanity takes over and yeah. we, we get through this, especially for Catherine. Yes, guys, we've got four minutes. Let's each take a time to pray for Doc and to pray for Catherine. And uh, we'll, we'll start with Ron, and then let's just take it up to uh, to Craig and Stephanie and Paul. And I'll just give a quick close, and uh, let's just hold Doc up. This has to be heavy on his heart. And uh, you're a great man, Doc. We're going to lift you up right now. Ron, would you please we'll start? God, I, we thank you for your grace and for your love for us and for your sovereignty. Uh, Lord, even in the midst of, of darkness and chaos and all kinds of things going on, we are assured and we are reassured that you are in control. You're still sovereign. Nothing happens by surprise. Lord, nothing goes awry because you've somehow just lost, lost control. So with that in mind, that grace you give us and know that I pray that you would bring peace and comfort to Doc and to his wife, the wife, Catherine, and all those uh, brothers and sisters in Ukraine, uh, that they might receive strength and courage and Lord, yes. uh, new fire in, in their bellies, knowing that God is still in control and God, you're, you're on their side. I yes. pray, Father, for my brother, uh, Doc. Um, again, unique situation. His wife there, he's here. I, 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 I know some kind of gut-wrenching uh opportunities at times that come with that um but also i pray that you would give him by your spirit lord and re refresh and renewed sense of your presence of your uh lord speaking into him and to him and that lord that uh you are indeed 
still holding caffeine in your hands. Yes. We got one minute, one and a half. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for this community. And I, I just ask that you call us each all throughout our day in the middle of the night to rise up together, to be one unified body for you. Um, we are your church Lord and we, we love you. And I just ask for favor um, for all those believers for just um, a peace, just this overwhelming peace and also strength to be able to go forward to know that when they are lifting up a prayer there are thousands upon thousands lifting that up um in your name lord we know that that you know the outcome of this and we just ask for a quick resolution we ask for coming together for um an awareness of our world that this is just not acceptable lord and i just we just we just thank you um for the opportunity to intercede for others as they go through this word. Um, and specifically, I ask that you be with, with Miss Catherine, Lord, um, as, as she walks um, this heavy, heavy road ahead. Yes. Amen. Lord, thanks for hearing our prayers tonight. Be with Doc in a special way. Give him the peace that passes understanding. John 14, 27. Protect Catherine, watch over and the family. We lift Doc up to you and all of those in Ukraine now. We lift them but we can do nothing better than to place them in the grip of your grace. In Jesus' name, Jesus we all pray. Jesus Amen. 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 Thank you, Doc. Thanks so much. We've run out of time tonight, but we're going to be remembering you in prayer. And I want to say to all of you, please remember in prayer our special friend here and Catherine, and Doc and Catherine as, as this unfolds, and all the people in Ukraine. And we will look forward to being with you again next week. Uh, God bless and keep you, and God be with the people. May he work everything out in Ukraine. Uh, love you all, and uh, Doc, our prayers are with you. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so God much. God bless you all. God bless you all. Keep us posted. Keep us posted, Doc. Keep us posted. We'll do. do. Bye bye. Friends, thanks for joining us on this week's program of Raising Expectations. We profoundly hope you found it engaging and at times humorous, but most of all, uplifting, so that we may, with you, one topic at a time each week, become more encouraged to move forward to an exciting future in, as we always say, this thing called life in America today. So let not your hearts be troubled, your family, finances, faith, freedom. It can be a great future as we talk, listen, respect, and pull together. Please let me hear from you. You can reach me at 972-922-8556. That's 972-922-8556 or Joe Schofield on Facebook or LinkedIn. It'd be a pleasure to know you, and we hope you'll listen in again next week on the BBS Radio Network.